On the Decrees of God Number 1. The Decree of God God advances His kingdom outside Himself. The kingdom having been established in the world according to His eternal counsel, this comes in the name of decree, not as the Vulgate translation everywhere uses decree for a command. Rather, it denotes the thought delimited or the decree of God about all things. It includes not only the judgment of mind, but also the plan of will. Only in this sense is the decree of God the internal action of God or his eternal counsel about future things outside himself. Only in this sense is the decree of God the internal action of God or his eternal counsel about future things outside himself. As he has immutably determined this among himself, so he infallibly knows it beforehand. Number two, it exists in that act of intellect and will. Scripture is a witness that such a decree exists, which is Christ, 1 Peter 1.20, and that we are foreknown in him, being the elect, Ephesians 1.4. It also teaches that God works all things according to the counsel of his will, Ephesians 1.11. Moreover, because foreknowledge is at the same time as predestination, Romans 8.29, the decree exists with simultaneous foreknowledge and will, and that not only the mind, Romans 11.34, but also the counsel of his will, Ephesians 1.11, and plan, Romans 9.11, is occupied. Indeed, it so exists in God that he places nothing unworthy of himself in it. Number 3. Its Properties The properties of the decree are that it is eternal, because it has been established before the foundation of the world, Ephesians 1.4, 1 Peter 1.20. It is one and simple as the council formed concerning the whole earth, and his hand is extended over all the nations. Isaiah 14.26 It is wise and unsearchable. Romans 11.33 It is free and independent because it is of his mere good pleasure. Ephesians 1.5 It is most ample because all things in time happen according to it. It is immutable in the same way that God himself is. It is efficacious because the counsel of God stands and he does his good pleasure. Isaiah 46.10 Number 4. Its Object and Order There is no object of the decree of God outside of himself, that is, what cannot properly glorify God. In regard to this, it constitutes not only of an efficient cause, because God decreed to do whatever happens, it also holds reason of an exemplar, because not only does it suppose the idea and the mind of God of all perfections, which can come forth, namely the very essence of God, as intelligence and will, but it is also the very idea, or the form fashioned, of all works outside of God. As I have fashioned, I shall also do, Isaiah 46.11. Nor is the former general and indefinite merely of qualities and conditions, and said it is special and personal of all things and persons, because otherwise a great part of creatures would be independent. And it is also arranged in a certain order. It is the sort that is orthodox which reason does not establish rather the revelation of God, his perfection, and the execution of his counsels. Number 5. It is occupied concerning the end and means. It is concerning general or special means. The decree of God is occupied concerning the end or the means. The decree concerns the end of manifesting God's glory. For he works all things on account of himself, Proverbs 16.4, and he is glorified in the work of his hands, Isaiah 60.20, 61.3. Concerning the means, it is general or special. 
It is general about all things to be created, preserved, and governed. It is special about intelligent creatures to be saved or damned, which comes in the name of predestination or predetermination. It is commonly used about election, but with its proper meaning about reprobation. Number six, the predestination of angels and men is personal. There is predestination of angels or of men with this distinction. The predestination of angels was made neither of the sinner nor in Christ the mediator, though the predestination of men was made in Christ of the sinner and in respect to the elect. Both belong to persons, not qualities alone. For God did not do away with predestination by decreeing to save believers. But God is most wise and absolute Lord of all, foreordained each of them their qualities and persons to their natural and supernatural ends. Romans 8.29 and 9.22 Number 7. Election Election and reprobation are species of predestination. Election is a certain separation which happens either properly in the hand and work through calling in time or improperly in the eternal counsel, determination, and good pleasure. Election is that whereby God elected from the corrupted mass certain men whom he desired before others in Jesus Christ from eternity. And as he foreordained for the end eternal life, so also he foreordained for the means to be carried out. St. Paul explains in detail the whole nature of this election in Ephesians 1, 2 through 8. Number 8. The Internal Cause of Election The principal cause of election is the triune God. But in the economy of the persons it is simply attributed to the Father, Ephesians 1.4. There is the internal impelling love of God toward the Son whom he loves, John 5.20, gathering us in grace in the Beloved, Ephesians 1.6. Indeed, in this impelling love, God the Father bequeathed the kingdom and the testament to the Son, Luke 22.29, with which he would seize the will of men redeemed by himself. Yet the same Son as mediator is not the cause but the means of election. Namely, written in the same way, he is the mediator of the testament and the savior of co-heirs. Number nine. There is no cause of election outside of God. No cause outside of God has urged him to elect certain ones. For while the boys were not yet born, when they had not accomplished anything good or evil in order that the purpose of God according to election might remain, not from works, but from the one who calls, of the one who calls in his good pleasure, it is said that the older shall serve the younger, as it is written, Jacob I have loved, Esau I have hated, Romans 9.11. Therefore God himself asserts his power, saying, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, Exodus 33.19. Hence the apostle concludes, It is not therefore of the one who wills or runs, but of God who has mercy, Romans 9.16. Indeed, God predestined us in him according to the good pleasure of his will. Ephesians 1.5. That good pleasure is soon defined in verse 11. The plan of God from the counsel of the one who does all things. Election is also made not on account of, but rather unto faith and the use of free will after regeneration. He chose us in him in order that we might be holy and blameless. He predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1.4-5. As many as been appointed to eternal life believed. Acts. 13.48. Finally, God could not have elected from faith or from works foreseen, whether in himself, because he has thus foreseen, as a gift flowing from himself, or in man, 
because it would thus be a work of free will. Hence it follows that election is absolute a priori, or without a cause in the elect. Number 10. The Object of Election The object of election is fallen man, for such that could be cast away must be saved by God in Christ, Savior from sins. Matthew 1.21 Salvation is of him who destroys. Matthew 10.28 Just as we are chosen in time and separated from the world. John 15.19 So from eternity God elected us or determined to separate us from the world. Indeed, election is an act of mercy. Romans 9.23 Which concerns the miserable. Finally, God cast away a group of humans from himself as the corrupt mass, namely, from which alone they can be rendered vessels of wrath. Romans 9.22 Number 11. The Subject of Election There is a certain select number of elect determined by God. The Lord knows those who are his. 2 Timothy 2.19 Those whom he predestined he also glorified. Romans 8.30 Moreover, God did not elect each and every man through his antecedent will, but certain ones through his consequent will. For the will of God is one, fixed, efficacious, and immutable, which he always carries out to his end. Furthermore, he elected not all, but selected certain ones. One is received, another is abandoned, Matthew 24.40. Many are called, but few have been elected, Matthew 20.16. And those few are nearly infants, Matthew 11.25. The foolish and weak of this world, 1 Corinthians 1.26. The poor of this world, James 2.5, in order that the wise and strong might be confounded, 1 Corinthians 1.27. Number 12. Election to means. Those whom God has chosen for salvation, he has also chosen for the means of salvation, calling in justification through faith in Christ, Romans 8.30. Indeed, the connection of glory and means is in this decree so that if you displace one of them, election is overturned. For God could not decree it without detriment to his righteousness, so that a sinner is glorified, not atoned for through Christ, and not confiding in him. Therefore, in this sense, absolute election is not a posteriori. Number 13. Certitude of the same with respect to God. Election is sure in regard to not only the God who elects, but also man who has been elected. It is sure in regard to the God who elects because he has determined a certain number of men free from increase and decrease in his eternal and immutable decree. I know whom I have chosen. John 13:18. Those whom he predestined, he glorified. Romans 8:29. This is also the reason the testament, the certitude of the inheritance of Christ, the efficacy of the promise, the reward of merit, the connection of the parts of grace and the administration of its execution come to pass. According to these things, it is impossible that the elect be led astray. Matthew 24, 24 Because they have been written in the book of life. Philippians 4, 3 It is certain in regard to man who has been elected because he can be certain of his election, so much as it suffices for his salvation and consolation. For they rejoice because they understand that their names have been written in heaven. Luke 10, 20 and they render their election firm, 2 Peter 1.10, which cannot happen without a sense of it. And the Holy Spirit attests to the saying that they are sons of God, Romans 8.16, and are therefore elect, Ephesians 1.4 and 5. Number 14. Reprobation. Reprobation is that whereby God decided to leave behind certain men 
whom he did not elect, in the mass of corruption, and to eternally condemn them on account of sin. For scripture testifies that God has made the wicked for the day of evil. Proverbs 16.4 To spurn some. Isaiah 41.9 To not have pity. Hosea 1.6 and 2.3 To hold in hatred. Malachi 1 verses 2 and 3 To abandon. Romans 11.7 To destine for wrath. 1 Thessalonians 5.9 To designate for judgment. Jude 4 And to write in the earth. Jeremiah 17.13 He does this both as absolute Lord, arranging man for his will, and as judge, decreeing for the sinner just condemnation. He not only passes over them, for whom he ordained neither an inheritance in preparation for glory and grace, nor the means of an inheritance, but also ordains to destruction those whom he had made for the day of evil. Proverbs 16.4 Brought together for destruction and made vessels of wrath, establishing means agreeing with this end in the same decree. Number 15. There is no cause of it outside of God, but the condition is in the object, sin. Reprobation is no cause outside of God, but as equally as election, it is dependent on the sole good pleasure of God. For in Romans 9:11 and verse 24, Paul invokes it as equally as election from the most free will and plan of God, the Lord, and self-ruling one who has mercy on whom he wishes and hardens whom he wishes. Romans 9, 11, and 18. It vindicates not only dominion in God, making vessels for honor or for dishonor from the same mass, Romans 9, 21, but also the power of demonstrating from his will alone both the riches of his glory toward the vessels of mercy and wrath towards the vessels of wrath brought together for destruction, Romans 9:22-23. Yet it has a condition outside of him in the object, sin, apart from which it would not be just in existing in him. Therefore, the whole human race is opposed to God who reprobates as the mass from which vessels for dishonor and wrath are possible, which could not be possible without sin. In this sense, reprobation is not absolute. Number 16. Its end and means. Reprobation, in the same way as election, includes the end and means. Its end is the supremacy of God the glory of his power, wisdom, righteousness, most free reign and dominion. Reciprocally, the damnation of the reprobate is just on account of sin. The means are separation from Christ and the grace of redemption, omission of calling, or at least inefficacious calling, the retention of sins, blindness, and hardness, which final impenitence follows. Number 17. The Canon of the Doctrine of Predestination the canon of the whole doctrine of predestination is in the words of the apostle who, after handing down the teaching about it, exclaims, O oh, the depths of the riches, wisdom, and knowledge of God! How inscrutable are his judgments, and unsearchable his ways! For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Or who has first given to him that he may repay him? Since from him, through him, and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Romans 11:33 to 36. The Concise Marrow of Theology. Johann Heinrich Heidegger, 1633 to 1698.